Hello and welcome to In Orbit, Mashal's Button's official podcast, all about Destiny and its community. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with Jorge Begija, who is also GoTo NRG on PSN. Indeed. And yes, and we are also here with John Waldriff, who is Waldy77 on PSN, new addition to the show. How you doing, John? Very good. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Yes, and Sage is not here. And the reason Sage is not here is all Bungie's fault. <laughs> it's always all Bungie's fault. They changed the game. He didn't like it. He hasn't been playing. So he may return. He may return if Bungie, fought, you know, if they prove themselves worthy. <laughs> For his time. <laughs> so, but no, Sage is not with us today. Uh, so it's going to be me, Jorge, and John. And this is an orbit number six. And the last in orbit we had was right after E3, but also right before this big announcement that they were supposed to have, you know, because of that botched E3 interview. Yeah. Botched is a nice word to put. <laughs> yes, botched is a is a very nice word, and I'm, we're going to get, you know, into that. Uh, but first, you know, let's, let's, what's everybody been doing? What's, how, what you been doing on Destiny, Jorge? Um, a lot of the same. Um, just been helping people out. Uh, especially now, I'm not trying to jump ahead in the topics, but one of the big things that came out um, has been that um, that emblem that you get. Um, and I've been helping a lot of people out with Skolas, with uh, raids, um getting a, a couple of the other stuff needed to get that emblem. Um, a lot of the same stuff. I finally got every single exotic in the game. I finally got that last fourth horseman, so I am completely completed in terms of weaponry in in Destiny. Um, I got every single exotic armor piece. I have them in my vault. Bungie, I need more space! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even have every weapon, and I need more space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other than that, I've just been practicing a lot with sniper rifles since that wasn't my strongest weapon, and I've been hitting people with Kobe's left and right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what about you, John? What what you been doing in Destiny? I pretty much did everything uh, Jorge did, but uh, three times over. Uh, I got bored. And I thought, let's, uh, let's do everything Jorge does, and uh, let, uh, <laughs> let's do it faster and better. No, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, I think Iron Banner hit at some point right after your last uh, podcast. And uh, I really hit that for like four days. And from that point on, I've been trying to stay away from any kind of uh, crucible type um of gameplay i think that just four four days straight of that just really turns you off pretty quickly especially with all the issues that the iron banner was having that weekend oh yes so yeah. so for the most part uh prison of elders and and jumping in on any kind of raids that i could um it's just i have a lot more fun with that okay uh well as for me i mean the time that I have played, like, I did hop on for Iron Banner, which I didn't even realize Iron Banner was happening until Sage actually hits me up to that Tuesday morning. I was like, hey, you gonna do Iron Banner with him? I'm like, Iron Banner's here? 
He's like, yeah. So that's why I hopped on for that. Then I, I've been also raiding with you guys, and I gotta be honest, I'm a little bit demoralized because every raid I've done, I've gotten nothing. I've gotten nothing of value. I've, uh, I've got, I got some armor from the vault. Armor that I'm that actually well, I have a chest piece that may come in handy. But other than that, I got nothing of value. Mm -hmm. And it's like it makes me not even want to raid. Like I already did. Like you know, I, I was already getting tired of Prison of Elders. And I know we did Skull Lost today, and it wasn't so bad. And I think it wasn't so bad is because we did that first. Usually when we do, I do 35, like we do 34 first, then we do 35, and by the time we get to the pilot servitor, I'm like just ready to clock out. <laughs> you know, I am ready to stop. Well, I think we've made some mistakes in the past uh, when it comes to playing this game. I, I've become this uh, big believer that you have to split it up a little bit, um, mm -hmm. where you got to do, let's say, some Prison of Elders or some Strikes or Raids, and then mix in some Crucible if you try and do too much in the same day, uh, and, and, I, and Jared, I think we did 32, 34, and then Skolas. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can't do that. And we were ready to, to bang our heads against the wall afterward. <laughs> it, was just, it was just too much. Um, we weren't going to throw money at our TV. We were going to throw our controllers at our TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I think I've pretty much learned that, that breaking it up a little bit definitely helps. I def I don't want to do a, a 32, 34, and then a 35 right afterward. It's, might as well just go out and do a 35. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've actually been playing a lot more recently, you, me, and, uh, and Jarrett. Um, and you notice how pretty much every single day I'll do something completely different just because that's, that's how I've always approached this game. I'll do... I might do um, all three characters Crota, but it's just because that, that raid is so simple. You can take care of it in 15 and 20 minutes, even on hard mode. Um, but for the most part, I'll do 35s first, and then later on in the week, I'll do the 32s and 34s because they're, they're so much easier. But I always make sure that the 35 I do by itself on that day just because it can get draining sometimes. Um, and then Crucible... I, for me, Crucible has just become. Well, remember when 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 we first started in orbit? How for me, Crucible was like, uh, you know, I I'm not a huge fan of it, and blah blah blah, this and that. For me, Crucible has just become just like an escape from the main game. Um, it, it cleanses your palate. It does. It does. Although there are times until it where... gets mucked up with Crucible, right? Then you got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, we just end up having so much fun just because. Yeah, the glitches are terrible, but w there's often times where we just see situations that are so funny that we end up laughing and we still lose, but we still have a lot of fun. Um, it def Crucible. You definitely have to go in with people, and it's not because it it's hard or or easy. Or easier with other people. It's just it's just more fun and it and it takes your mind off of things. Yeah, I think it all depends on the on the situation. Um, if you go in and from the very beginning you see that the other team is is lagging big time, <laughs> and and next you know it's five thousand to three hundred, and, and right there you kind of switch off the competitive side and you just start laughing because it's just so bad. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but when you lose by 50 points because the other team is lagging, um, that's when it gets really frustrating. And that's when you want to just say, I'm done. I want to turn this off. Or mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's get out of this uh, lobby, basically. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, some of the most fun is when it's a, it's, it's a complete blowout. And I'm watching the opponents just walk into walls and just continue to walk into a wall as if they're going to go somewhere. Uh, just uh, suddenly just appear right in front of you and they stick their knife right in your head uh, when they weren't there beforehand. Yeah, it's it becomes laughable and it is a good time. Mm-hmm. Nothing says a good time like a good knife in the head. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for Crucible for me, I would say before January or January, February, before that time period, I used to enjoy it because... Uh, you know, I actually felt like I was doing, like, not just to say doing something, but I actually felt accomplished a little bit or somewhat playing it. But, you know, I think around January or February is when they start introducing, like, some of the cheesiest shit, like, at Xur for everybody to get. You know, like, that time everybody had a Soros before the, uh, the nerf. Um, you know, they, they've entered, like, you know, they sell Red Death at Xur or, you know, these various, um, armor pieces and stuff like that and now well for the last few months it's just been like there's been no sense of accomplishment and doing anything well in the crucible it's mainly been a social thing for me like you know i hop on with john or jorge or sage and um you know we play and we talk while we play and we have you know that that's the enjoyable piece not actually you know there is no challenge to the crucible you know Sometimes it's just a toss-up. Sometimes you have a team of people that just has... They have all the cheese. They have all the cheese. All the Gorgonzola. Yeah, they have it. They have all the cheese. Nothing you can do about it, you know? So, I don't well, know. I think like that's, that's, where, that's where Destiny has us, though. That's They know that the game alone isn't all that great. But when people get together... They they get into their groups, their they start their party chats and everything. That's where all the fun is, and that's where that's where Destiny knows that it has everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's where the fun is. I, I have zero interest in doing any of the regular uh, campaign portions without somebody. It's it's just more fun. Not only is it easier, but it's more fun just to have someone to to communicate with and strategize with, and and usually half the time you're. You're laughing about something anyway. Yeah, and it used to be, I don't know, I used to do, like, a lot of the bounties uh, by myself to prepare for when my friends got on. I, You know, I'd have my weapons up to date, I'd have my armor up to date, you know, stuff like that. Now I, I don't even have motivation to do that, and that's, like, something that Sage has been touching on the last two in orbits. The fact that you really, like, you know, they've rendered bounties pretty much uh, useless, unless you get something old. Mm-hmm. You know, and to be honest with you, I at this point I usually just use crucible bounties. You know, I'll I'll hop in the crucible and you know take the bounties and and do those and hand them in, and that's it. Well, it pretty pretty much has become that of, of updating anything that you pick up from any of the raids and maybe an exotic. My my only issue now is just knowing that the time spent. Uh, trying to pick up some of these legendary items from the raids and then trying to upgrade them aren't going to be helping me or possibly may not be helping me uh, in the future uh, expansion. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, I think it's safe to say House of Wolves was the best and the worst thing to happen to Destiny at the same time. Um, I mean, it, it's really cool how quick and easy it is to level the stuff up, but it renders a lot of the other stuff useless. Like, bounties... The, the main reason people did bounties was just so that they could level up their gear. And now, with how easy it is to level up the gear, especially the armor, you, you only have two nodes that you have to really upgrade, and by the time you do even a daily, you pretty much um, filled up a node. Uh, there's almost no point to doing the bounties, which is why I'm kind of excited by, by what they're going to be doing with bounties in terms of the Taken King. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the, the weekly update where they're talking about how uh, bounties and quests are going to be a, a big thing in terms of taking King. Nah, well, go, go ahead. You can elaborate on it. Okay. Uh, well, the big thing, um, if you guys notice, um, the, the, the UI is changing. A lot of the stuff, you'll still be able to get bounties, obviously, to level up your gear, but from what um, Luke Smith, uh, Mr. Luke Smith, <laughs> um, oh. had been talking about in this past weekly update, um, the UI is changing and they're allowing you to get more bounties. And the reason that, they're, that, that that's happening is the game has changed from just the way it is right now. You have your story missions, you have your dailies, you have your weeklies, your, your nightfalls, and then you have your crucible. It's now become, the game from what I see is it's going to become more of quest lines. Um, you have a quest to do. And I think that that's what um, that they were trying to do in terms of this emblem. Get people used to, you have a quest to do. Um, uh, before I continue with what I was going to say with the, the weekly update, the quest line that, they, that Bungie introduced on Bungie Day was... Uh, complete several things and you get an emblem. And to a lot of people, that emblem was like, really? That this this is it? Um, the quest line includes, what is it? A hundred crucible wins, I think. Um, beat Skolas on thirty-five. Uh, the the prison of elders. Beat Crodon hard. Yeah, beat treasure chests. I remember that. The gold treasure chests. Um, there's a couple other things, but basically, you want to complete this stuff to get the emblem. And while, yeah, an emblem isn't that cool, it's all in preparation for, from at least from when I'm reading this weekly update, it's all in preparation for how Destiny's going to approach things going forward. Um, there's, for example, there'll be a quest in Taken King that you have to construct something. To do that, you have to go to this place, then you have to go to this place, then you have to go to this place, Put that stuff together and all of a sudden you get an exotic weapon that's how it just uh it seems like that's how they're going to be approaching exotic bounty chains um and, and other weapons as well um so it's going to be much more similar to uh bad juju and Born, mm -hmm. which is actually how i prefer it uh, mm -hmm. I, I think the exotics should be tough to get I don't think you should just be able to go buy an exotic. Um, I, I, I don't agree. I don't. I don't think you know, these are special weapons uh, or special pieces of armor. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be easy to get. And if there's one thing that Destiny has done with House of Wolves is they've made things easy to do. Mm-hmm. Everything from getting armor and weapons to upgrading all your stuff to level 34. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, um, how easy it is to get to level 34 and how little that means right now. Um, back in Vanilla Destiny, and for people who don't know what, I'm sure a lot of people already know what I mean when I say Vanilla Destiny, but just in case, Vanilla Destiny is everything before the Dark Below. You had the, the main story missions, you had the Vault of Glass, and you had your regular Crucible. Back in original Vanilla Destiny, if you saw somebody who was level 30 out in the wild, I remember the first time I saw one, I was like, send friend requests, I need you, I need you, I need you. Um, just because I knew that that person most likely got all the armor pieces from Vault of Glass, was probably a high-level character, probably knew what they were doing. Right now, I go to the tower, I see 34s all over the place, and I guarantee you half of those 34s don't ha- either haven't beaten Skolas, don't know how to beat Skolas, or when they try to beat Skolas, they go and approach it in a completely different way. Um, that's the difference I, I see from original vanilla Destiny to how it is right now. There's very little sense of accomplishment in the game. Um, whereas back in the day, being level 30 meant you did something that very few people have done. Um, that's one of the cool things I did enjoy about the light system. The, fir- the very first time I was able to say I was level 30, I felt accomplished. I felt like I did something. That I was like, yes. Now, um, when we were talking about the, 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 the House of Wolves, I had all three of my characters at level 34 by the end of the, that Friday. Maybe Saturday um, of well, that week. I think week. Uh, Jarrett and I both had ours. I think Jarrett and I had, both, had both, two of two or three characters up to 34 within the first week and a half. And I think mm-hmm. we just we just waited a little bit on the Hunter so that we could start using the Etheric Light on weapons mm-hmm. and trying to upgrade them. Yeah. And that's I, how easy it was. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was almost way too easy. And I understand that Bungie wanted to remove some of the gr- grind. Certainly there are things that should have been removed um, in terms of grind. I, I mean... Some of the drop rates for for certain items are absolutely stupid. But for example, when we were talking about um, the approaches that they took with uh, the Dark Below that were good. I'm sorry, not Dark Below. um, The House of Wolves that were good. For example, all the vendor gear was maxed out at level 32. That's a good thing. And the Dark Below, the problem was the vendor gear was maxed out at level 31 which made all your vault gear completely useless. Instead of it being maxed out at light level 30, and then let's say you go ahead and do um, the um, the Eris Morn quest line, you get a couple extra pieces of gear to get, you to, to get you to level 31 so that you can go ahead and do the raid. Like, th- there should have been more options to get the gear a quest line or something like that. And I hope that that's how they approach this um, upcoming, as they say, game of the Taken King so that you have... So it feels more of an accomplishment again. Um, I mean, 
I can I can say that a lot of people were so happy with the um, the House of Wolves that first week, and then bam, after that first week, I saw a lot of people leave, and they haven't come back. Well, you know, the thing about the House of Wolves was that it was definitely it, it's not that they were just happy about House of Wolves; it was that the dark below was sucked so bad. Mm-hmm. I, it was such a bad expansion that when House of Wolves came out and it didn't, you know, suck balls, people were really happy about that. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, soon after that, you quickly learn that, oh, well, I'm 34 now, I'm maxing out all this shit, you know, that that there really is no reason for me to play as much as I played before. Mm -hmm. You know, that's exactly, Sage said it the last two podcasts. It's the same thing, like, you know, before I, I have a, you know, like three, four etheric light just kind of sitting there, mm-hmm. whereas before, like, I was, like, dying for etheric light, but as soon as I figured out, well, I figured out, but, you know, as soon as we started doing 35, or uh, 34 and 35 Skolas, you know, and I, I had a bunch. Mm-hmm. I even got an etheric light from a nightfall once, <laughs> you know? Well, I think, I, I think what happens is you you figure out what what few weapons you need, and you really only need a few weapons, and once you have them upgraded, you're kind of stuck with those etheric lights and just saying, "Well, I don't know what to upgrade anymore. I got, I got the main ones that I needed upgraded. They're they're done. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with the rest of these because whatever, whatever I'm going to uh, apply them to, I'm not really going to use either very often or at all." Mm-hmm. Uh, it really becomes, you start looking at, I know for me, I started looking at my armor and trying to figure out uh, how to mix and match better when it came to intellect, discipline, strength, try to make sure things are a little bit more evened out because part of part of the reason some of my players were up to 34 was because I was relying on, on the armor from Prison of Elders. And some of them are can, can throw the, the ratios totally out of whack. So a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. Um, yeah. Especially when you have like a 150 going to strength. Uh, oh thanks. God. Thanks. The strength is real. <laughs> the strength is real. Oh, I hate that about the, that armor. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm interested. I've, I've come to terms. I think that destiny is, is adapting. It's growing. Uh, it'll it'll probably never be a finished product. Um, it'll just keep changing um, because there's always going to be something that that needs to be reworked. Um, and and these are some of the things that have been discussed in previous podcasts and some of the things that we're discussing now. Uh, I, I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen um, and see whether or not it becomes more rewarding, um, fitting more of what, what I would hope some of the challenges to be. Uh, I, I do, and I, I think this has become a recent issue uh, of playing with Jorge a lot and doing a lot of Prison of Elders and, uh, and a lot of, of the raids is the amount of people that, who knows, maybe would fall out, would drop out of the game if they, if it was a challenge again, if if being a level, I, I don't know what uh, Taken King is supposed to go up to. I've heard some rumors, but um, 
You know, if it's an actual challenge and you do have to grind a bit for it, you're not going to see some of these people that are level 34 and they say, oh yeah, I'm ready to do Prison of Elders and they're hiding in the corner the entire game. Uh, the reason um, he's saying that we... That we doesn't help anybody. And then you end up, you have to kick him out. And, you, and the first <laughs> thing he does, this is great. And it's no wonder, it's no wonder in the last podcast, Jorge mentioned in some of the websites that people are demanding that you have to have a Gallahorn and uh, some of these other specifications, it's to, to root out some of these people that clearly should not be level 34. Mm-hmm. You, you often wonder if they're, they may be level 34, but it's like they're running around with vanilla guns. Yeah, it's just they're not helpful whatsoever and they don't know what they're doing. Some of them don't even, you know, if, even if they admit that they may be new to it, they don't even follow direction. Yeah, they really don't. We we experienced that, unfortunately, um, where some guy just completely stayed in the little area underneath the, um, I don't want to say the balcony, but let's say when you're walking in to the fallen room on the right side, all the way on the right side, that little ba- balcony, there was a guy who, did, our teammate, was just underneath the balcony in that little room where the where the enemies come out of he was just sitting there doing nothing and i was like hello 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 i had to boot him out so i think he was in your mind you're sitting there thinking i think this person's terrified right (laughs) i don't think you know this is a video game and he's scared to death he has his controller right now and he's hiding under the kitchen table Mm. um (laughs) you know and it's it's rude Maybe that should be part of the game too. How many people can we kick out of a raid? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you know, I, I, a, I mean, I, I yeah, don't it's mind. It's a game show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind helping people out, but the big thing was communication. And I, I feel like a lot of these people, they're looking for the easy way out, which involves as little communication as possible. Which is very sad for a game that's supposed to be about communication and and building a team and 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 I mean for for example earlier, you me and and and, and Waldy, we did Skolas the very first time that we went in there. Yeah, we died, but we revived each other. We worked as a team. The very first attempt we got, we we went to Skolas, we beat him. It was a hard experience, but it was worth it. We we felt accomplished. Everything was cool. A couple nights ago, me <laughs> me and Waldy, we tried to take out Skolas with this one random guy uh, on the other side of the uh, planet, um, and he he just didn't communicate with us. It was a very frustrating experience because we 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 spent about an hour there. On the Skolas boss fight, and me and Waldy were communicating. We were like, okay, I have the poison. Uh, I'll give you a countdown. Ten, nine, eight. And then all of a sudden, it was time for for, for him to pass the poison to us. And he's like, take it now. Three, two, one. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, I, I, I don't I know. I forgot. I totally forgot. This is the third or fourth time you forgot now. It yeah. doesn't help anybody. It doesn't it certainly doesn't help us. That's for sure. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a function of people just wanting checkpoints 
to bosses to get the reward without doing um, without doing anything. Uh, I mean, w one of the most annoying things that I, I see on the Destiny LFG site, don't send invite unless at Skolas. It's like, well, then what's the point of playing the game? The rewards from Skolas aren't that great. Yeah, you get an etheric light and a weapon in armor core, but you don't get anything special beyond that. The weapons, yeah. I mean, Six Drag Pride is a decent weapon. It has the same impact as Fatebringer, and it has some decent stats for the Prison of Elders. But are you telling me that you're, you you want you want the Skolas checkpoint for a Six Drag Pride? You, you must be out your damn mind. Like you, you, you. The reason that thirty-five is there, at least in my opinion now, especially, um, I don't need the etheric lights. I just want to make sure it gets completed, but I want to have fun. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, to earlier today, yeah, we we had a challenge. We were we went to Scolas, but I it was a fun experience get, getting through that. And I, I mean, I would say that 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 might be the first time. In a while that you you didn't go through that and and you weren't like yo, that was that was that was uh, like, am I correct, Jared? Oh yeah, I say I don't think I don't think the skull loss fight is fun. I don't think the the pilot server is fun. Like I said, to, it, it was that by the time I got there because we I would we would at least do thirty four before we did thirty five. By the time we got there, I just wanted it to be over. Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to be done but you knew you had these two long ass fights going ahead mm -hmm. and uh this time it wasn't that bad that definitely actually it wasn't bad at all it wasn't bad at all i felt like we got through the pilot servitor mm -hmm. uh fairly quickly and then we also got through skolas um we got we got through them on the first try that was good you know and uh you're, you're right we, we communicated well but you know the thing about destiny communication that's something i always drop back and blame um bungie for uh, among other things, <laughs> but how I specifically blame Bungie for the lack of communi communication in the game because they built this game around people playing together and teams and communication. However, when the game first came out, and even now, and if you know, communication is not default. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to, you know, there's no communication in the tower besides somebody seeing your name and shooting you an invite on PSN. Or maybe shooting you a message on PS, and there's no there's no way to quickly contact somebody in game. You can't post for what you're trying to do or anything like that. Uh, and the Crucible, forget about it. They finally added the ability for you to automatically hop into um, team channels in the Crucible, but that's something you have to go to options and set. And they, it's not even like they made some type of announcement for it. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that that feature was out like two three months before I realized that you can even do that. So now when a match starts, you'll see like one or two people hop into the team channel and that's it. Still nobody communicates because people got used to not communicating with each other. Whereas if you force players to communicate or if you force players into the communication channels and then they can opt out, I think that would have been much better and people will be more likely to communicate, but that's not what happens. So with communication, I totally blame Bungie for that. And they let it go too long without, you know... Um, Without for you know for giving methods for people to communicate. Well, I think one of the big complaints was that they didn't offer matchmaking for thirty-two, thirty-four, and thirty-five for prison developers. Mm. And so it, the same people that couldn't get six people together for the raids 
a good amount of them can't get three people together in order to do Prison of Elders, so they want matchmaking. And from what I think I read was that they weren't interested in putting matchmaking because of the amount of communication, the amount uh, of, of you know, being on the same page with your fellow teammates, how much that involved that's involved in Prison of Elders. They didn't want just complete strangers just to be matched together and here go into you know one of the hardest parts of the game and now that that we have a website in which we're able to pull someone in and it's a total crapshoot now i I almost understand why bungie didn't want to do that because what we've experienced is exactly the reason why they didn't want people or want to have matchmaking Mm-hmm. Uh, because it can be a, a total nightmare of, of who you're going to be partnered up with. Um, but that being said, I do think it would be a good idea uh, that one of the many areas of the tower or the reef be used as a, a message board for people looking to either join a clan uh, or looking uh, to do any any kind of uh, uh, raid, strike, and, and prison of elders, even trials, if they want to put it out there. But I also, um, you know, in situations mentioned about the the website of people only demanding the to be invited when it gets to school loss, then I I really think one of the changes that should be made is that. If you join in at the very end, then you're not going to get the same rewards. You have to go through each level in order to reap all the benefits. Um, because that's ridiculous for people to be saying, only contact me if you're at Skolas. Yeah, Right. I, I mean, if anything, I, I think the reward system for the Prison of Elders needs to be completely redone. Um this is this is just my recommendation, Bungie. Take it for what for, for what you will. But one of the really cool things about um, Trials of Osiris is that at every single level of 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 wins, for example, you get if you have two wins, you get this. Three wins, you get this. Four wins, five wins, six, seven, eight, nine. You get that. That was a cool system. How how at each level you got something. Um, what I would do with Prison of Elders is this. Do the same thing, where it, and and add a a little thing. One of the worst things about Prison of Elders is the fact that there's no checkpoints. I would add checkpoints with a caveat. For example, let's say you're doing the 35 Skolas. You complete the first room, which is the Hive room, right? You get... It'll be something small, a reward. We'll say 250 Glimmer plus 10 Spin Metal. Something completely stupid. Kind of like how it is for when you when you get two wins from the Trials of Osiris. On top of that, you get the level one, a level 1 key. In order to get to the second room, you have to have a level 1 key. Mm-hmm. You complete the second room, which is, what, Cabal? I think. Right. Um, no, it's Vex. You get 500 Glimmer plus, we'll say, uh, two Engrams. And 
a level two key and you need that to get to the next area you cannot go into a certain room unless you have a certain type of key um and then again level three you have the, the next another type of reward something a little bit more substantial until you get to the scolas fight at which point you have a certain key that way the only way you can do the scolas fight is if you have that key so that you, that that completely removes people on lfg saying must have scolas checkpoint and on top of that they're going to want to do level one to all the way to the end because they're going to get a reward and make it so that i don't know let's say that the pilot servitor when you beat it, you have a chance to get an exotic, like like the Gorgon chest. You know, don't make it like a guaranteed drop. Like uh, make it five percent, a guaranteed uh, a five percent chance of getting an exotic. But make it so that they're gonna want to do that, so that they have a chance to get an exotic, and it gives you more incentive to do the the other levels of Prison of Elders. I just think the everything regarding Prison of Elders, it's a cool concept. Poor execution. Absolutely piss poor execution. There, uh, there's really no desire to want to do that. On top of that, the rewards. I mean, you we, we remember earlier when when we opened the big chest, you got I got what Hygia Noblesse, that Scott rifle, which I hate. I got the ship for the seventeenth hundred time, and um, I f forget what else. It, it was something stupid as well. But I got nothing of, of 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 desire. There was nothing in there for me that I could use. Um, I did get the Aegis of the Kel, which was is a cool solar the version I got a cool solar pulse rifle. But I mean, we've already talked about that. How the the perks on the guns are absolutely terrible. It's not like, for example, in uh, uh, what is it, uh, Dark Below, when you can when you get the uh, the Oversoul Edict. You know that it's gonna shoot through the hive uh, wall of darkness, and it you have full auto. You have random perks that might have nothing to do with the enemies that you fight face. May have something to do with the enemies. You, it's a complete crapshoot. So you're saying that a rocket launcher that specializes in destroying <laughs> shanks isn't useful? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. No, at no point yet has anyone on my fire team said, look, there's some shanks. Grab your rocket launcher. <laughs> oh, you will soon. There's a, sh there's a giant shank coming in, in, the, in the, what is it, the Taken King. Confirmed sighting. There's pictures and everything video. I saw that giant shank. <laughs> well, you know, maybe some of these weapons then are set really more for what's coming, coming up, which... Kind of some of the weapons that I've uh, accumulated, I don't want to get rid of just because of the idea that I wonder whether or not it's something that would be useful in the upcoming Taken King. That shank burn, though. Yeah. Attack of the shanks. <laughs> By the wow. way, random what's up to the people over at WoW Talk. I heard them call us their sister podcast. Oh, yeah. We are rallied with you against the fight. I mean, against Activision. We are with you in the fight. Activision must go down. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only person who heard that. Uh, <laughs> well, I edit the podcast, so 
Obviously, I heard it. <laughs> but because uh, yeah, Nick, he uh, he delivered uh, quite the rant yeah, against the Activision. Yeah, he did. Because he thinks it's affecting his wow, which it probably is. <laughs> That's not some superstitious shit. It's probably happening. <laughs> you know? Whereas they're against, they're they're in the fight against Blizzard. We're going up against Activision. We are with you. We are with you. Stay yeah. strong, brother. Yeah, hold fast. <laughs> hold fast, brothers and sisters. We are with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I guess we should probably get into the actual topics that we planned on talking about. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, a lot of them we actually hit. That is yeah. that is very true. Um, something I do want to bring, uh, I want to talk about because um, out of everybody that I've talked to, Jorge, you would probably have the most positive outlook on the Taken King. Okay. So far, um, but me like for, based off of what I've heard, maybe I just haven't heard enough. It still doesn't really seem worth it. Like they really haven't, you know. They that week, the the week when we did the podcast, they said, "Hey, wait till the, uh, you know, to the weekly update, and we're gonna tell you, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show you that it's worth it. You know, you're gonna get something better, and stay tuned to the weekly update. Weekly update came out. I didn't see anything that. That makes me think that we're gonna, we were going to get something better. Like, what was what, what was your take on what they delivered that week? Well, um, see the 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 problem. Me and me and uh, Waldy have been talking about this actually. Um, the problem with with what's going on is Bungie is not effectively communicating with the target audience. Um, there's which leads to speculation, which leads to everybody making up rumors, which leads to people making up their own theories and, and, and these fake, uh, what is it, updates that are supposed to be coming out and nobody knows exactly what to do. Um, and, and then out come these semi, I don't want to say confusing because they're, they're, they're not really confusing, um, but just it feels somewhat incomplete weekly updates. Um, for example, um, since our last podcast, there was the one big uh, weekly update where they're talking about there's new story missions and an array of side quests that conspire to tell the story of our battle to defend the solar system against Oryx and his Taken army. Cool. I already knew about that because I saw the E3 press. New narrative driven by cinematic cutscenes throwing an engaging cast of characters. Already knew that because I saw that at E3. New exotic weapons. I already knew that because I saw that at E3. The Dreadnought. I already knew that because I saw it. Like, a a lot of this stuff is basically spitting out the same exact stuff that we saw at E3. And I just don't... My my beef is, with with the way they're saying it, it's cool that you've written down what's going to be in there. I need more than just written stuff. I need to see things. The only things I've seen have been the two multiplayer modes, the one mission, a little glimpse of what the new enemies are going to be like, which are basically modified versions of the enemies that are already in the game. All that is cool, but the big things that people want to see are stuff like where are the new locations? Where are the new story modes going to be at? Um, and this is stuff that hasn't come out yet. I think a lot of people are judging 
whether or not that that forty dollar um well forty dollar if you get the base package um which is just taken king that forty dollar package is worth it or not um bungie keeps saying in these updates it's an actual game it's not a dlc um and from what they're saying from their their different weekly updates it seems like it has as much content maybe a little bit more than original vanilla destiny which is cool but i need like explain how these things are gonna like how am i really going to feel about putting down forty dollars for example when there's a new game coming out we'll uh, let's just say let's say there's a new mario game i see that he has the Nintendo pressers are, are amazing at giving detail about what the game is. We see Mario can fly. We see Mario can swim. We see Mario can shoot fire. We see Mario can throw a hammer. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's do you, you get to control where, oh, he has a new helper friend. It's you, Luigi, Toad, and Peach. All these things come out in that Nintendo presser. By the way, at the side note, at the time of this recording, we just found out not too long ago that Satoru Iwata died. Rest in peace. Um, back to the back to Bungie. Um, we see a lot of these things in, in Nintendo pressers where they're detailing what's going on via videos and showing you things when it's necessary. When it comes to Bungie, we hear there's a lot of communication but very little substance. Um... Oh, we got a lot of things coming down the pike. You guys are going to be excited. You guys are going to go and, and, and you're going to wear Cro uh, Oryx's ass as a hat. Things are going to be cool. You're going to throw money at your screen because you're going to want to do those dances. And it's and that's fine and all, but what substance is there? Like, what am I paying for? What is this $40 really about? What I like to compare it to, uh, and the first thing that comes to mind is some of the uh, Apple presentations. We'll, we'll take something, let's say, like the, the iWatch. Apple didn't just come out and say, we're going to bring out a watch. It's going to tell time. You're going to put it on your wrist. <laughs> and it's going to cost somewhere between four and $500. Boom. There you go. You're going to want it. You're going to love it. That's, that's all we're going to tell you right now. That's all we're gonna tell you, but it's four hundred bucks, <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna die for it. You're going to stampede over people to to get this watch. That's that's what we know right now, and it's four hundred dollars yeah. right there. They never do that. They spend a half an hour just showing off every just. It's all marketing, one thing after another, after another, after another, so that. At the end of the presentation, they say, this watch will retail for $400. People sit there and say that they can decide then with, with everything that they've shown, hey, that does it look nice? Am I going to wear it? Does it have everything I want? And then they make that decision. If someone just comes to me and says, here's a few things of what this, uh, this game's going to do, but... <laughs> When the price becomes the main point of the presentation, you, you're not going to win anybody over. No. No one. No one is going. You're uh, 
people for the most part are, are preset to say no to everything. So you have to, you have to sell it. You have to explain to people what is going to be included in this game. How is it going to make the experience better? Uh, and, and they didn't do that. So they're, they're at their own fault for everything that happened uh, in the last like month, month and a half. So they have no one to blame but themselves. And then and to throw someone in there to do an interview that clearly shouldn't be doing interviews to, to, to throw gasoline on the fire. <laughs> Certainly didn't help either. So they, why they wouldn't try and introduce something and show and explain everything what this expansion is going to be about how different would it have been if they came out and said, this is no expansion. This is, this is a game. This is basically a whole new game. Let us show you why. I can tell you why they didn't do that. Because them saying, exactly, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> because it's not, a, it's not a new game. It's complete 100% bullshit. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go back to, the, to, to that week, the, the, the infamous week of, like, you know, right after E3, when they gave that uh that weekly update, I only saw two things. One, uh that asshole apologized. <laughs> two, we're we're now working on a package that you can pay twenty dollars for. We're trying our best to get you this twenty dollar package. Get the fuck out of here. You're trying your best to give me a twenty dollar package of digital items? It's not like you have to make this shit. You know what I'm saying? You're not sending out figurines or amiibos or, you know, something like Skylanders where you need a physical object. Like, no, like, what I heard is, hey, we're sorry, and we know you want the, the content. So, hey, you pay another $20 on top of the $40 we want you to spend for something that we haven't explained to you yet. You can spend $60 to get all that. We're sorry. You know, now please give us your money. And something that cements the fact to me that, like, no matter what Bungie says, Bungie says, because, hey, this is a brand new game, Lil Wayne also says he's the best rapper alive. That's also a lie. You know, like, just because you say something doesn't make it true. All right? And one of the things that's, uh, that's, you know, cemented that fact was one of the videos that came from E3 um, where uh, Bungie, where they, somebody was playing one of the new strikes. And it was happening on Venus. Now, in this video, there is one area I have not seen in Destiny. However, 90% of the video takes place in an area on Venus that we've already seen. 90%. I'm watching, I'm watching the video. Have you guys seen that video of the strike? The new strike, yes, I have seen that. Yeah, and I'm watching the video. I'm like, I kill, I kill those Vex in there all the time. You know? Like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing we see saw in the dark below. It's the same thing we saw in the House of Wolves, where we're just going back to the same areas, playing through them again, and maybe, maybe at the end of the area, there may be something new. You know, the dark below only had one new area to go into. House of Wolves had two new areas that you go into, and that was it. I could see. I could see them behind the scenes, and they're like, "Well, in the first part, we sent them." from the start to the finish. And then in House of Wolves, we said, let's take him from the finish to the start. (laughs) Taken King, we're going to take them from one side to the other. 
have to feed everything in between. So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, you're right. I do want to see something different. It, it is weird just going through uh, some of the, let's say, some of the queen bounties. And it's like, yeah, I know this. I know it now, frontwards and backwards. Because, you know, of how many times we had to grind through this before. And now we had to grind through it the other way. And it's the same, the same enemies through it. And... Yeah, it gets boring, and it's really, you wonder, where's the creativity in this? This is, you know, I think back to when Destiny was, was first introduced, and it was supposed to be this, you know, basically like this sprawling, wide-open kind of universe type thing. And, you know, now it's just like, oh, yeah, I've had enough of Mars and Venus. Yeah. <laughs> well, you quickly learned how small that universe was when you went went to an area for patrol mm -hmm. you, you you quickly learn that and you know them saying that this is a brand new game like when you when you, when you first bought destiny when you buy a game for 60 dollars that includes you know not not just the content they put into it but building those worlds from the bottom up you know right. so now you want me to pay two-thirds the price of the original game that a lot of, you know, building the game from the bottom up went to that price. Now you tell me for two-thirds of that price, there's another expansion, but yet there's not that much content expanded in it. Now isn't... That isn't we know there, of. That yeah, we know of. Uh, I, I thought, now maybe this was his rumor, wasn't some of this stuff taking place on some planet off of Mars? The... We don't know the that that's the problem, which is which goes hand in hand with what what you said about you know they really haven't mentioned what's going on and it's a problem in the in the way they communicate things where they want to do it week by week piece by piece which is very annoying um, but that anyway the all we know is we're going to Phobos at least in one mission at least one mission. We're going to Mercury at least if you're a Titan, because one of the one of the quests that you have to do in order to get your new super and new abilities, um, the Solar for Titan, the Void for Hunter, and and the uh, the Arc for the for the Warlock, you have to do a quest to get your powers. Um, the the solar titan has to go to mercury from what it looks like the um the hunter has to go to either venus or the or the the black garden i can't remember what it is it looks like the black garden i might be wrong and it looked like the warlock was on mars somewhere so at least there's the, they're expanding it and they're going in different directions with each class. Um, so I, I, I think this is where... Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so at least we're, we're looking at a couple missions in new areas, at least one on Phobos, one on Mercury, um, the Dreadnought, the new, that's a new uh, patrol area. Um, the new raid takes place on the Dreadnought, which is circling Saturn. And I 
don't know if they mentioned any other areas. There was rumors that that you're going to be going to an area involving Saturn. It might be a moon of Saturn, but nobody knows exactly w what it is. Which leads me to believe uh, that, and this kind of falls back to what I was saying before, is that maybe Destiny really, or sorry, Bungie really isn't sure which direction they want to take this either. That they are still trying to learn and figure things out as they go along, hence all the changes that, that come every few months. And yeah, I think I saw a headline the other day of, you know, um, whether it's, I guess, Bungie saying that there's just, there's so much more that they can capitalize on uh, going into Destiny 2. Well, I hope so, because you guys pretty much set this to be like a, a 10 year game. <laughs> so I, I really hope you didn't just decide, hey, let's just make it a game that should last for for a decade, but let's just have enough uh, storyline for, for one game and let's plan it just like game by game and see how things go. That's what it's starting to feel like. Honestly, I don't, I don't see any way the, de the Destiny experience changes super significantly until they remove the uh, 360 and the PS3 support. Until they do that, they're always going to be hampered by the limitations of those systems. Okay. They have to that offer a comparable experience on those systems, um, which is why I was hoping, I was praying that they wouldn't make Taken King available on those systems, but they did. Yeah, I mean, they 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 can they can expand the world, uh, primarily for the 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 Xbox One and the PS4, and then just have PS3 and Xbox users suffer for it. It wouldn't be, uh, what's the word? It wouldn't be the first game that did that. Uh, one game that I think that that I've played, I've, I've played it on both consoles. That that saw the hugest, one of the biggest differences would be Need for Speed Most Wanted, the one that came back in, that came out like two thousand five, two thousand six. So that game, I originally had it for the Xbox. Mm -hmm. About a week or two after I got it, I actually ended up getting an Xbox three hundred and sixty because I found one just sitting there at like a Sears, <laughs> you know. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna buy it." I buy it. I uh, trade in the uh, all those games of that I have on my Xbox, and I you know get comparable ones for my 360. And there was a huge difference, huge difference, not just graphically speaking, not just frame rate wise, but just in performance of the actual like uh, the the AI. Much more competitive races. Uh, the 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 chase AI or, or the cop AI was much more aggressive and a lot smarter, and I mean you can, it, it's to be expected. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention the people who play the game on the PS3 or the Xbox uh, 360, it's not like they're gonna notice the difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plus, how, I wonder how many people do they actually have playing the games on those consoles? Because let's be realistic, most people still playing their PS3. Or their Xbox 360 don't game that often. Mm. I mean, let's let's be realistic about that fact. Don't get me wrong. I said most, not all. There are a lot of players out there 
that you know they can't afford it, so they're still playing their games on the on the PS3 and the uh, the 360. I mean, if you're a Square fan, you still have game like what came out, like Kingdom Hearts 2.5 came out like almost like eight months after the PS4 came out or something. You know, so there are those cases, but in most cases, like, I can't imagine they're pulling that much business from those consoles. I just, I I can't see it, you know? So they they can, if they really want to focus on the the major consoles. Actually, they released one of that, that update they released for the, uh, uh, for the storage space. That didn't apply to the PS3. Or no, sorry, it did apply to the PS3, but they lost another feature, and I can't remember what it is. Do you remember what that what that what feature that was? I cannot remember what that feature was they lost. I have to look it up later. I have no but, idea. Yeah, they can focus on these consoles, but you know, I guess they, 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 it's it's not what they they plan to do. Like they promised a lot with this game, and if you talk to the people who played in the alpha and who did the play testing, a lot of them say that there was way more to this game than what we actually got. You know. And I, it's going to take a lot of convincing to make me believe that the Dark Below was not part of the main game. Even House of Wolves was not part of the main game. And they cut it out. So, like, Dark Below was kind of like Super Mario Brothers 2, where it belonged in some other game. And they took it and decided to throw it into Destiny. That, that's so out of place that it felt... Um, that, uh, uh, I don't think it felt out of place. I mean, right. I, that that voice actress, I didn't really like her. I mean, we made fun of her efficiently last time. <laughs> um, but I mean, I didn't feel I didn't feel it was out of place. I mean, it makes sense, you know, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, like out of the whole light darkness thing, I think the uh, that apl- it feels to, at least to me, it feels like that applies most to the hive. You know, when, you know, the hive feel like forces of darkness. And even the same thing, like, to a degree, the vex, you know, feel like that. To me, like, the, the fallen kind of just feel like pirates, and the cabal just feel like conquerors. Like, they, they, it doesn't feel like, to me, like, those two races should have a bid in the light versus darkness fight. You know? And based off of, like, some of the, the Grimoire cards and things I've inherited... The, the fight against light and oh, the the fight between light and darkness maybe not be as cut and dry as we may as you know well destiny may want you to think it is right now right you now one day I fully expect to kill the speaker to be perfectly honest with you I expect to take my matador put it between his eyeballs and, and shot package his eyes off yep <laughs> if he has eyes who knows the fuck is going on behind that mask he probably looks like Zer. <laughs> hey, wanna, you never know. I want to hear the the cabal music play at a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm eating a powdered donut here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. What do you mean you don't have any Boston cream? In the middle, in the middle of Prison of Elders, in the Cabal Room, should be a Dunkin' Donuts, not fire, <laughs> not anything else. So you know, the the VIP comes out. You have to destroy him before he gets into the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. 
I, yeah. hey, were those I out from this morning? I think we the title of this episode right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cabal eat Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess back to the to to the core of the issue, which is the pricing. I I, I mentioned it last time. I'm just not, still not feeling like it's worth it. And uh, I know one of the things that you kind of want to bring up, you want to ask, is if uh, you know the twenty dollars, the twenty dollars for the dances and class items and extras. It's at the beginning of microtransactions for Destiny. Microtransactions actually don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like they don't bother me, dude. It all like it, it has. It's all relative. You know what I'm saying? Like if I paid sixty dollars for a game and they want me to pay microtransactions for something that I feel should have been in the game in the first place, that's a problem for me. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if I paid, let's say I did pay forty dollars for this expansion, right? And then they did have some new dances that I wanted, you know? And it was a microtransaction for it for like, you know, a dollar, two dollars. Okay, I'd be okay with it. However, the problem with these dances are that we've seen them in 2013 and 2014. So I know as a fact they already have these dances made. It doesn't feel like extra. It feels like something that they made and then cut out. And, you know, you could, you'll have developers argue with you. Um, about the fact that, well, if it, like just because it was done before the end of the game doesn't mean it was made and then cut out. You know, they have, you know, this is how they keep people employed. Like they'll do their portion and then they they'll start working on something else, like the DLC, blah 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 blah. Which I get, I get it. That's a hundred percent true. Like in a lot of cases, um, where developers, like you know, once you know, if you are uh, the person who does, um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Let's say the the uh, the, the design or the uh, um, the design for certain characters. You know, let's say you you do you design how certain pieces of armor are going to look, or you uh, do the mocap or something like that. You know, nor the way it would work before if the if the studio or if the developer didn't have another game lined up, that person will probably get laid off or their contract would end or whatever. But now with DLC, it's like, well, okay, well, we got this DLC, so you'll just keep working on to this next part, and that's all part of the plan, you know? But I think the one thing they forget is a lot is that perception plays a huge part in that, you know? And that was the problem with the Dark Below. That's also the problem with, uh, with the House of Wolves, where, you know, you go through these areas that you've already been, and all of a sudden now a new door is open to an area you've never been to, you know? They'd have, they'd actually have a much better. The perception would be a lot better as if that entire area you was new, if you didn't walk through the old places that you went through in the door. Like actually, the in the House of Wolves, the fight, the the mission, right before you get to the very last mission where you take Skolas down. Mm-hmm. Like I found that area back in like February, I think I found the area. The doors were closed at a certain part, and I said to Sage. This is going to be in the next expansion. And lo and behold, it's in the next expansion. And as a player, it's kind of like, okay, well, this area was here, and then they just took it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, perception is key. So if you're going to, if you're going to, even if you are going to make stuff and take it out of the game, don't make me walk through old areas and make it feel like it was there the whole time. Yeah. Is it? yeah. I'm, I mean, the, the, for example, when I first played Destiny, we're, we're talking about during the beta. One of the cool things about um, being such a low level at that time was going to areas where you would see enemies with a question mark above their heads. 
Like it would, it would obviously be a drag, but they would have the question marks, and you hit them, and it says immune. You're like, I can't go that way now. Um, the biggest example would have been, you know, the grottos, um, in on in the Cosmodrome. Um, when I finally got to the high enough level where I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go to the grottos for this first time. We're gonna see what's over there. And you get there, and there's nothing much to to really do there. You're like, okay. Why have an entire open area over here where there's it looks like there's a an ogre guarding an area but he's not there's nothing really to guard. And then when you finally get there for an actual story mission, the very first time was the very first mission for uh the dark below where you fight uh I forget what his name, but it it's, it's well, you a, couldn't jump. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't you, you didn't have any of your abilities. Um and I was like, okay, that's it. That's the only thing that they do that they did here. And then finally, you you do go back in the grottos for one of the missions in the dark below, where you're actually going into. I'm I'm pretty sure this is the mission that you're talking about, where you go to King's Watch. Yes. And you go through the grottos. You you have to kill a servitor in there. Then you go up and you go through towards King's Watch, um, through an area that you've been at hundreds of times when you're going towards Sepkis Prime, you finally go through the doors that in King's Watch that are mysteriously now open. Like, if if this was such a secret area, why are the doors open now? Right. It, it didn't make any sense that they were closed, but now they're mystically open. Anyway, you go through, you're in King's Watch, you kill the guys that are there, and all of a sudden the story, the mission's over. And the area's not huge. It's actually kind of tiny. You go through a couple hallways, you kill a couple enemies, and then you finally get to the boss area. You kill the three captains, and that's it. And you're just like, that's that. That's what this secret area was all about? This is what I, I waited all these months to finally go through this area? Well, legitimately, anyway. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I waited all this time for. Um, and I had to go through old area that I... Like, what was the point? Um, I kind of wish that they would put more of those. See, for me, one of the things I always hate in video games, and they do it a lot in this game, are invisible barriers. And and one of the ways they do that, there's two there's two invisible barriers they do. They do an actual invisible barrier where, like, you know, you can jump up there. And you're jumping towards it, but then all of a sudden there's a force that prevents you from going up there. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm not allowed to go here. Then they have that weird, stupid turnaround timer, the four, three, two, and then all of a sudden you're dead. Yeah. I hate that. Get rid of that. And put put that old school barrier, uh, not old school, the, the barrier that, 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 that was in the, in the orig- in original Destiny um those enemies that were suddenly like the question marks. If you see those enemies there, you're like, okay, I got to do something before I can go to that area. That would be a a better thing to do than to have some invisible door or, or some door that you can't walk through. You can't do anything there that I'm talking about, like for King's watch than to have, Doors that automatically open because you did you're doing a mission now. I I never understood that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I say it's a, it's a lot of well in your case it's frustration mm-hmm. you know in my case it's 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 perception mm-hmm. and even the thing about perception is even if you're wrong when it comes to sales uh you know the, you, you're just not gonna get my money and i know bungie wants my money you know activision definitely wants my money mm-hmm. so why not you know help me spend money on video games. I love spending money on video games. And they're not doing that. There's, you, you guys mentioned earlier, they, they're doing a terrible job with communication. Which they are. They're doing an absolutely horrible job with communication. Like, we shouldn't... We're, uh, well, let's, let's say about uh, about a month and a half out from the Taken King. Or maybe almost two months out, I would say. From the Taken King. Because doesn't that come out in the middle of September? comes out September 15th, so two yeah, months, about two three months days. Out. Yeah, two months out, basically. We should know so much more about this expansion. I mean, they're already fighting a, uh, they're fighting an uphill battle thanks to that, you know, terrible uh, interview that that guy had. Mm. That Luke Smith had. Terrible interview Luke Smith had. And now they're fighting an uphill battle. They need to be showering us with information. Like, this is why you need to be buying this game. And I'm shocked that they have not figured that out yet. I don't understand why they haven't said, you know, let's just come out with it. Let's just explain to everyone what's going to be in this game so that they can decide whether or not they want to spend $40 on it. From my point of view, uh, you know, I was angry about it. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not going to spend $40 on something I know very little about. Um, You know, they're releasing things bit by bit. I I think I am going to get the uh, Taken King but it's going to be one of those this is they're going to have to prove to me that it's worth it it's it's going to be one of those fool me once situations where if it's not if it's not what it should be if it doesn't offer what I believe to be $40 worth of of, um, enjoyment I guess or content content, at least content then it'll be done I'm willing to say, all right, uh, this is this is your chance to prove to me that this is everything that you're trying to play it up to be, that you've been so secretive about. Uh, so, all right, uh, I'll do it. And, and part of that has to do with the fact that I enjoy going on and playing with, with friends. That's really a big portion of it. I don't want that to end. And that's so, the hard part for me. But go yeah, ahead, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a part of me is like, well, if I'm playing, I want Jared to play too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's that's hard for this whole twenty dollar thing and microtransactions to begin with. I can't stand. I, I I understand why businesses are doing it. It's money that's on the table. It's been. That, that they haven't taken advantage of in the past. And I think now they're starting to realize, hey, there's more money we can make off of this. So I understand from a business perspective why they want to do it. But I really wish people would say, no, we're, we're not going to fall for that. This right. should be part of the game. Dances, emblems, the stuff that, that's going to be included in this $20. 20, you know, from my perspective, $20 is what... Uh, the dark below cost twenty dollars is what the house of wolves cost. Right. That's an awful lot of 
uh, of content. That's a lot of game playing. Like it or not, it's there. Um, and, and that changes the experience of the game. A dance is not going to change anything. Uh, being able to, an emoji in which my player claps uh, instead of waving is, is not a game changer. That, that doesn't really uh, enhance the story or the crucible. This is, to me, all of that stuff should be included in, in the $40. I don't see why they're trying to do, uh, you know, and who knows, we'll, we'll see if, whether or not it works, whether or not people spend on it. If people do spend on it, spend $20 on it. Oh, people will. Oh, there, absolutely. And, There's and, no and doubt in sure, my mind I'm that sure some people will. will. And, and that's the frustrating part on my end, where I sit there and say, you are now enabling all of these companies to do the same thing. You know, it was one thing when I started to notice Call of Duty say, hey, for, for a dollar, you want a, a, a new skin for this gun, a new whatever. Yeah, a dollar is nothing. You, you start talking about $20, the same price of an entire expansion. Uh, House of Wolves, which brought um, a new strike, uh, whole, uh, next part of a story, and Trials of Osiris, and Prison of Elders. That is not the same as a sparrow and an emblem and um, a shader and actually, a couple dances. Actually, the, the sparrow and that, emblem that and... I was, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that the sparrow emblem and shader are not part of that twenty dollars. Okay. That 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 black sparrow emblem and shader that's included for year one players. Okay. Okay. Um, the what does come in that twenty dollars is the dances, like you mentioned. Um, I have to pull it up, but 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 it's it's minor cosmetic stuff. It's nothing that's integral to the actual game. Right. Um, so that I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate. It's nothing integral to the game. One of them is an exotic uh, class item. Um, it's just, um, what is it, uh, cosmetic. Right. So if you are willing to put $20 to make your character look a certain way, okay, but it doesn't affect the main game. Right. Um, and for $20, are... I think it should have an effect on the game. Oh, I, 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 I understand that thought process, but you're going into a, into a slippery slope where you'll have, it'll be a have and have nots if you do that. Um, because let's say, okay, you put down the $40 for the game, you got the game, you're expecting to be able to do everything. Oh, he, he paid $20 to have something that looks different but doesn't change the game. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to spend the $20 and, and blah, blah, blah. But then let's say you pay $40 for the game and he pays $20 to have extra game in terms of I can get to a higher level than you can because I spent this $20. And then that person, the the person who put paid the 40 is like, I don't have money to pay for that um, and I'm not going to get the full game now? You're going to run into, into, into the haves and have-nots even more than than we have people like for example i have gallahorn and you don't mm. like that's a very at least the 20 dollars is cosmetic and i understand what your argument is i mean for example i i know there's like a like a, a ride or something like that in world of warcraft that somebody paid 20 dollars for 
just so that they have something that they could put on their 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 steed or something like that. Twenty dollars for something like that? Are you kidding me? I would never pay for that. But at least it doesn't affect the game. It's just it's a cosmetic item. Um, is it a slippery slope? Possibly. Um, I mean, if it makes the the company money but doesn't affect the game, okay. If it allows you to customize your character to look different, okay, it doesn't affect me. I, I'll still hit you with a Gallarhorn that you don't have and, and you can't do anything about it. And I'll just mm. laugh at you as I teabag you with your fancy schmancy gold chain. But it doesn't. if it doesn't affect the game and all you... you if it does affect the game, I think I would have a bigger problem with that. I just... Uh, I think this is the way that that these uh, companies want to go with the games, without a doubt, as, as we see it grow and grow. I, I think Mortal Kombat... I think, oh, uh, God. I saw someone say they, in order to have everything that the game offered, cost $120. The yeah. game cost 60 but to have everything else doubled up. And that's wonderful for them as a business, but to me, I, I just don't buy it. And it, it, if... If, if I don't mind if people want to spend money on it, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not against that. But all I'm, uh, what I just want to say to them is that with you buying it, that gives them incentive to continue to do this. And to me, that this can be part of a downfall towards video games. It it, it kind of Mortal Kombat was extremely bad because you had what was it? It's sixty dollars for the game. Then there's a collector's version, which was 90 bucks, which let you play as Goro and you get the DLCs. And then in the game, it was an additional, what is it, 20 bucks to unlock everything in the crypt? Uh, oh, you mean like automatically or without yeah, searching through the crypt? Like you would pay $20, or I think, I think it was $20, and you would unlock everything in the crypt automatically. And then it's five dollars for easy fatalities, and it's only it's like thirty of them, so you can only do the easy fatalities a certain amount of times until you can buy until you have to buy them again. You but can that's still do all optional. I know, I know. It, it, I, 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 I agree that it's optional, but when it's in your face, almost like a mobile, like a like a like an iPhone game, where it's like, oh, if you click here, you, all you have to do is just pay five dollars, and you have easy access. Like, I hope it doesn't go that way, the, the way Wally's talking about. If it's cosmetic, as, as, as they're, they're doing it now, I don't have as much of a problem. And I don't really have that much of a problem. I understand where Wally's coming from. We come from an era where if you buy the... Well, it used to be a $50 game. Back in my day, Sunny was $50 and we enjoyed it. And there were no updates. Yeah. Um, when we bought that game... It was that game. There's no updates. There's, it's version one. That's it. Unless there was... Anyway, beside the point. Um, so you would stick with that version of the game. That'd be the version of the game you would have. No ifs, ands, or buts. These kids have guts. Do you have it? That's it. Um, now, with the way the games are, like there's, there's going to be updates and updates to updates and updates to that update. And the game changes. And they'll add new stuff. And they charge you for stuff. And can it be a slippery slope? Yeah, it, it can be. It can it be 
too much like it was in Mortal Kombat where it, they, they have it all over the place. If you pay $5, you have easy fatalities. I hope it doesn't get to, to be in your face where you're just like, oh, pay this to get this. To, like, make it so it's all in the PlayStation Store and then it unlocks in the game. But don't have it in my face. That's where I'm with... That's that's where I'm at in terms of uh, of that. In terms of, like, the cosmetic items. Have it in the PlayStation Store, but don't put it in my face like, 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 like they did in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, see... Like everything else in Mortal Kombat, I, it didn't feel like you had to buy it to actually progress. You know what I'm saying? There are some like microtransaction games that, like, if you if you honestly want to progress realistically, you have to pay like a cost. Like those mobile games where you have to, uh, you know, well, this update can take twenty hours or it could take one hour. Up to you. You know, like if you want to pay that the five dollars, I want you to pay. Um, but you know that that obviously no, I don't. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, I definitely don't want to see that. Uh, most games do free to play wrong or microtransactions wrong. There are a few games that do them right, and when they do them right, they're actually pretty enjoyable. Like uh, uh, DCU Online or DC uh, Universe Online. That was one of the first games that went from paid to free to play, and they did it right. Like when I hopped in that game for the first time, I got to. You know, put a costume together for my hero, make my own hero, and I played and I enjoyed myself. When I, you know, one of the first things I did was check out the store. You know, that's one of the first things you do when you hop into a free-to-play game. You check out the store. You know, so I checked out the store. Uh, there were some XP boosts you can get. You know, stuff like that, and then there were some cosmetic items, and they were priced, you know, kind of fairly. I thought, like, I, I bought a completely new outfit for my character. Now, this is coming from, this is free-to-play. I haven't spending any money in the game. I bought a completely new ca- uh, outfit for my character uh, for $10, you know. But that's 100% because I wanted to, not because the outfit I had looked shitty. The outfit I had actually looked pretty cool, you know, together. But this one uh, made me look like I was part of the universe, so I decided to get it. <laughs> and, uh... You know, like that, that. I thought that that was done well. I think for DCU, I played it for about a few months. I spent like a total of twenty dollars. Which actually, another thing in that game, when you spend money, like let's say I, the first time I spent ten dollars, my inventory spots automatically doubled because that's how it worked. Either you could buy inventory slots, or depending on how much money you spent, they would increase it for you. You know, because it changed your account type. So that's an example of a game that, that did it right. In Destiny's case, $20 for a few items? Hell no. You know, for for some cosmetic stuff? Definitely not worth it. Like I said, if they had a dance available that I wanted for maybe a dollar or two, and I didn't feel like it was something that should have been part of the game, or if I didn't feel like it was ripped from the game, I might buy it. You know? But you gotta that, give the players those options. That, to me, is is more to what I would describe as a microtransaction. Right. Uh, paying a dollar or two for something particular that you want. $20 to me isn't a microtransaction. No, definitely not. Um, Absolutely not. The, um, you know, and I'm sure they're not, if there's going to be an exotic weapon mixed in, I'm sure it's not the one that, that, that I want, which is uh, what I call Hawkthorn Breaker, <laughs> which is part hand cannon, part sniper rifle that uh-huh. combines 
combines the Hawk, Moon, Thorn, and Icebreaker. Um, <laughs> but it's something, it's a weapon that only I think I should have. Oh. So, um, <laughs> but I, they're, I, they're not going to give that to me. I really don't. Uh, I, you know, I, would, I want them to give you a Galahorn. Thank but you. I, I want the uh, Hawk, Thorn, Breaker. <laughs> Thank you for your benevolence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, another reason why I, I think I'm having a hard time choking down forty dollars for the game is that I've already bought two expansions that total forty bucks, and both expansions, while the House of Wolves felt better than Dark Below did, Dark Below felt like I was totally getting fucked in the ass on that one. When me and Sage finished that game <laughs> in ninety minutes, I my ass just hurt, you know. It just fucking hurt. I couldn't believe that we just finished that entire expansion in in 90 minutes on the hardest difficulty. You know? Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, House of Wolves felt better because, you know, instead of having three missions, it was like six or maybe seven. I can't remember. Uh, but it was like six missions or something like that. I was like, and the voice acting wasn't terrible. You know? So I felt a little better. Not to mention we still had Prison of Elders and stuff like that. But even that one, you know, that expansion costs Sage to stop playing the game. So how well did that work out? So you have these two expansions where you know, they ultimately, I mean, like, I'm not going to complain over the House of Wolves for 20 bucks. I was like, okay, it felt fair. Dark Below definitely didn't feel fair. So, you know, we got this $40 game that was $40 expansion that, you know, they want to come out more than likely that they want you to buy. More than likely, I'm feeling that it's not going to uh, really fulfill me in, in the ways that I wanted to fulfill me, you know, not to mention there's just things that Bungie, that, that there are glaring issues that Bungie needs to take care of. And they haven't like the lag issue, the crucible lag issue has been a problem for over six months. And it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It's creeping and, into the game. It's creeping yes. into prison of elders. It's in the campaign. It's, it's everywhere now. Yeah. Like last, like I think the last time we, I played with Jeff, um, me, you, and Jeff did Prison of Elders. There was lag against the against the uh, the AI. You know, there was lag against the AI we were playing. Like they're warping around, hits aren't registering. You know, and the Crucible lag is just getting it's it's, it's ridiculous. Like I mean, how long has lag switching been a factor? And Bun- it feels like Bungie isn't doing anything about these players. Part of it, I. I don't think the the lag switch is, is as much of a problem. It's the actual lag. Um, just pure, unadulterated lag. Unintentional, maybe, but just lag on an epic scale. It, it's it's gotten to the point where it's it's not it's no longer laughable and it makes the game not fun. And when you get the when you have the game not be fun, that's when people start leaving, unfortunately. Um, this past Iron Banner was by far the worst I have ever experienced in playing Destiny. It it was just, the Iron Banner before wasn't terrible in terms of lag. I, I don't think I've I experienced any, really. But this past Iron Banner, I mean, me and Waldy, we were just like, okay, we're at level 5, let's never do that again. Like the second we got to level five, we were like, "We're done. I'm out. I, I, I'll do regular crucible, but I'm not doing the iron slog. This is just this is terrible." I didn't even make it to level five this time. 
Oh, I, I I got all all three of my characters level five, but let me tell you, it wasn't fun at all. I didn't even make it that far this time. You can part. You can blame Batman for that, though. I'm Batman. The Gotham yeah. Gotham needed me. Oh, I need you, cause I'm Batman. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I usually like this would be the like I don't know. Like there was one Iron Banner I just didn't play at all. I think that was I was taking a break from the game. Like I was taking like, a week break, and it just so happened to fall on Iron Banner week. And I was like, I'm done for this week anyway. But this time I I. I think I got I got anitheric light. I got up to level three on one character, and that was it. Mm. It's still you were, you were, the Iron Banner was so bad that it really turned me off. Really, not just from from just playing with friends that still needed to get to level five, but I, I still, for the most part, was like, I'm really not all that interested in playing Crucible either. Because I knew I was going to run into some of the same stuff. It was just, I, I'm kind of tired now of of having to kill other Guardians. Because it just seemed like it was nothing but problems. Uh, and whether it's lag switches or just people with really bad internet connections or something that has to do with Bungie. It, it was a total turnoff from wanting to play. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, this past Iron Banner turned me off. The, the 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 game mode of control i i mean i i rarely play control anymore and and it, it not o- not only is it the lag but it's just because nobody communicates anymore in in crucible people go off and do their own things and then they ignore the 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 objective hold the zone down defend around the zone and nobody was doing that in Iron Banner. I'm just like, why are we getting destroyed 20,000 to, to 600? Yeah, there's, it doesn't make any sense when you wonder what's going on out there. When you're trying to take uh, one, of the, uh, one of the spots, the other team has both the other two. And you have a full team of six. And you look, and all five of your players are still alive. And nothing is happening at any of the other spots. Mm-hmm. And you say, what in God's name is going on with the rest? Where, where are they? What are they doing? No one's dying. So where are they? Yeah. That, right. that plus lag equals a very bad experience. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of us had during the last Iron Banner. And even though the lag isn't as bad as it was during the Iron Banner... There's a there's still way too much of it to the point where it's 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 really killing the game unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I would say at a at a uh, a lot of the issues and there there are a lot of issues that need to be fixed in Destiny whether it be reward the the reward system and 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 countless other things that we've mentioned. Lag really has one of the biggest effects on gameplay. That the lag alone will make me say you know what, I think I want to find something else to do right now, and I'll turn it off. That, and that is not what they want. And that, to me, means that should be on the top of their list to try and figure out a solution to that problem. Because Lord knows, I, they monitor everything. I know they're taking every single statistic in this game. And if they start seeing people deciding to put their controllers down because the experience that they're having... Uh, with lag issues is just too much to the point where people don't want to play then it has to be fixed it's a must 
uh, I'll deal with the fact that I'm getting some some crappy um, uh, queen's gun for the third time after beating Skolas. Uh, I'll deal with that it, it, if in the time being, as long as they're they're trying to fix the lag. But they're not. Like I don't even think they said anything about it. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> They did mention at least uh, weapon balancing. They did say weapon balancing but finally. But we all know they suck at weapon balancing. Oh, yes, they do. But Bungie's terrible at weapon balancing. I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you could think the thorn is a good idea in PvP. Like, oh, let's make this gun. It eats down people's health. It has a ridiculous, like, it has a high impact anyway. Like, you know, it does a lot of damage regardless. But on top of that, it eats down somebody's health. And let's just leave that gun completely alone for PvP. How could you possibly think that was a good idea? You can't. It makes no logical sense. Same thing with, like, the Gallahorn in PvP. Or having the patience and time in PvP. Where it makes you, you're a sniper that's invisible. Or you have, uh... You can even go to the map balance where you can shoot somebody clear across the map. You can shoot clear across the map until somebody spawn and kill them. Bungie is terrible at balancing. That is that is a fact of life. And that's yeah. why you can't... When you say... If you say competitive Destiny or competitive multiplayer in Destiny, it's an oxymoron. Well, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I... <laughs> My name is John and I'm a Thorn user. Um, and part of the reason why I have to use it is because I know the other team is going to be loading up on it. it it's my defense against the other team uh, knowing that they're going to use it um, so I don't my issues with the thorn personally I, I, I don't have any issues with how strong it is or how powerful it is my issue is really with handguns in general at the, the range that they have. Yep. And, and I think that throws everything off. I don't mind that the, what the Thorn can do. It's an exotic gun. It should be doing something special and unique that regular handguns don't do. But if I'm, if I'm gleefully killing people on the other end of the map and laughing about it <laughs> um, <laughs> from one end to the other... Uh, there, there's an issue when it's a handgun. You should only really be doing that with a sniper rifle. Or a scout uh, rifle. That's or, what scout or, rifles are supposed to be for. Right, right. So, um, that is where the change, I think, needs to come with, in regards to the Thorn in general, if we're going to go after the Thorn. Um, you know, I think that the main one that really... Um, pops out of my mind right now is uh what's it called the one that has the um you can shoot it very quickly oh and last word la last word to me that one just came out of nowhere everyone knows about the thorn but then suddenly it seemed like about a month ago people started using the last word and they're able to shoot and kill people from across across the map for a gun that doesn't have that range you know at the very least with the thorn i can adjust the range and and give it a pretty decent long one but that still should fit in the realm of a handgun um the last word to me is 
has uh, you know, really gotten out of hand. Um, but it, it's with the exotics, I expect them to be able to do something that the legendaries can't. With that being said, the gun should still fit in, in a somewhat realistic realm of what they can do. So something called a hand cannon, I expect it to be able to, to really knock someone on their ass, but not from one end of the map to the other. A sniper rifle, a headshot, yeah, I get it. You know, that's pretty much every game. Um, but, uh, and, and shotguns, same thing. That, that's another one where I feel like, God, I can swear that if someone was at, at that distance and I shot it, almost nothing would happen. But suddenly they're shooting it and I'm dead. So, I mean, the shotguns are another, is just one of my little pet peeves. Uh, I've realized the thorn is, is, this, is that pet peeve for many others. But at the same time, I, I kind of feel like I work towards getting my thorn. Well, thorns. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, people that, that I, I think dislike them the most are the ones that don't have one because they can't equip one in order to defend themselves. But I really wish Destiny had thought a little bit harder about how to defend yourself against some of these special guns. You know, I thought it would be great if there was a, a particular set of armor that wouldn't allow the poison to affect you. But at the same time, that weakens you for something else. So, you know, everything has a strong point and a weak point, and it doesn't seem like Destiny really capitalized on that. And I thought that would make things a little bit more interesting. You know, the thing about the Thorn, um, one, I do think the distance is ridiculous, because I'm having, like, shootouts with snipers while using the Thorn. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is, um, you know, the thorn, even without the burn, if the burn didn't affect guardians or, let's say, beings of light, the thorn is powerful enough that two headshots is a, is a kill. Two headshots of the thorn is a kill. But isn't almost every hand cannon? No. no well, I think there's something up with the... Uh, with the um, What's what I'm looking for with the last word now? Because you're right, like people, like the last word has been around since vanilla Destiny, and uh, nobody was really using it until now. Which they, for some magical reason, they can shoot long distances. But that was always the downfall of the last word. It's a hell of a powerful hand cannon, and it shoots really fast. So up close, you can wreck somebody, but at a distance, you were gonna miss. And now that's not the case anymore. But not every hand cannon does like two head, uh, two shot headshots. Just about every single one of them does it now, though, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, even if you're not hip-firing with Last Word, it does 73 per headshot. And then that's on top of the hip-fire does 113 or something like that for hip-fire. And then on, what's it called? The Hawk Moon, we all know what that does for headshots. And... Thorn, you already mentioned, um, what's it called? Two hits head and, and they're dead. So, I mean, Teamer's Lash is a strong one. If 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 if, if, if there weren't any other exotic uh, hand cannons, Teamer's Lash would probably be the top hand cannon in the game. 
but I mean, I'm trying to think right now of like the other hand cannons. They, they're all pretty strong. There, there's no quote unquote low impact hand cannons. Thorn is supposed to be that, but it's really not. I think well, it has low the lowest impact hand cannon. I, I think it has the lowest impact out of all the hand cannons in the game. Doesn't feel like it. It's like the, uh, the what you call that shotgun, uh, that you get at Prison of Elders. What's that called? Uh, sh the shotgun from Prison of Elders? Yeah, the, uh, the one that shoots five shots at a time. Oh, 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 the, uh, the cypher one. Yeah, the cypher one. Yeah. Oh, you, you talking about, uh, the, 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 the Lord of Wolves? Yeah, the Lord of Wolves, like, you know, it's supposed to have this really low range, which in PvE it definitely does. In PvP, I have definitely see it have longer range. I don't understand why it's different. I really don't. Uh, for PvP, PvE, it sucks in terms of range. For PvP, it doesn't. But it's it's like that where the thorn is supposed to have this low impact, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, because mm. even without the burn, like I've have definitely I definitely get plenty of kills where there's no burn. There's two shots, bow bow, they're gone. As long as they're headshots, you know. I, don't know, I always the main problem, the main thing that we're talking about here is Destiny, Bungie not being able to balance weapons. I think it's just a constant issue. They're always going to be balancing weapons, and they're always going to make a mistake, and then therefore they're always going to be rebalancing again. Like for the life of me, I can't understand why they had to buff the Mythoclast. They they finally had it. They had it. They had it. You know, mid close to mid range, I think it was going to tear you apart. But long range, it wasn't. But then what happens? They buff the speed and the range? Like, come on now. And the accuracy? Like, come on. That's fucked up. Like, they're like and, and they did it anyway. Well, I, I think, I, I kind of feel like the, the changes that they make are too drastic. And I often wonder what exactly that they're based off of. People complaining, so, I think. Right, yeah. And, and I think they need to look at they need to validate what some of the complaints are that there's going to be people that are always going to complain about everything. And I think there are certain complaints, let's say about the thorn that are valid. And there are other ones that are just like, you know what? There's nothing really you can do about that. This is, this is a special gun and this is what it's going to do. Um, uh, but when you, you take a gun, let's say like the auto rifles, in the beginning, auto rifles to me seem like they should be one of the more popular guns to use, and they were there in the beginning. And I, they do they base all this stuff off of statistics, and they see wow, everyone's using auto rifles, and they're not using fusion rifles or scout rifles. So let's 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 really um, make some changes to the auto rifles so that it becomes the worst gun. That no one will ever use just to try and get some of the other guns uh, some use and I, I, I don't I, and I don't think that's the way to do it you know I, I think all of them should be able to fit somewhere in this game uh, where everyone anyone could pick out a certain gun and, and there's different classes and say you know what I, I enjoy using this auto rifle I enjoy using this sniper I enjoy using this this scout rifle all depending on where I'm using it, what the map is, or if it's, or if it's, um, 
outside of P outside of PvP. And they made it to the point where, you know, they made changes to these guns in which you're like, I'm not gonna use an auto rifle for anything. It's just way overdone. Yeah. I, I don't know why they won't start off with a small change first before they make a drastic change and totally cancel out a whole class of guns because of it. I mean, the, the the biggest problem with auto rifles wasn't really the auto rifle. It was just how how powerful and how how much distance Suros had. Yes. It, <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. That's the problem auto rifles had. It wasn't it wasn't the auto rifle itself. It was it was Suros. How powerful it was. Like I, I wouldn't have minded if they nerfed Suros just a tad in terms of range. The rest of Suros was was decent. And and it I mean it was kind of necessary, but I mean the way they nerf Suros it now makes it a complete non-factor in terms of using it in the game. As you mentioned, exotics are meant to be powerful and supposed to be you know that extra uh you know that you kind of want to get. I don't want to use my Suros right now. I kind of want to put Suros in a trophy chest and let it stay there. I don't want. I mean I. I don't see any use to Suros. It's sad because I remember how much fun I had with my Suros the very first time I got Suros. I wanted to get Suros for the longest time, and I missed buying it that one time, and finally I was like, oh, I finally got it. RNG, bless me. And now it's just like, oh, okay, Suros, whatever. Yeah, and that's from a, that's a, a company that's overreacting. You know, and, and really should have just been all right. Let's let's see what slight changes we can make to make sure that the gun is still very usable and functional, but maybe not so overpowered. That's all they need to do. Not turn it into something that you want to put in a trophy case. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Unfortunately, I I think a lot of their overreaction has caused issues in the game. I, I, obviously. You know, the auto rifle balancing is, is terrible. But now some of the stuff, some of the options that they've, they've, they've taken with, like, for example, uh, the Dark Below, I mean, not Dark Below, the House of Wolves, you know, there's no challenge in the game. So why even bother doing anything with, uh, like, completing a raid or, or something when you know in three weeks you can have all characters level 34? It's just the the overreaction by Bungie on certain things removed a lot of these these things, and it goes into the design, it goes into the the weapon balancing, it goes into everything. You're right, like, and that's the thing. I mean, it it makes me wonder: are they even really playing the game, or are they just looking at you know certain statistics, or uh, looking at people complaining in the forums and like, okay, well, you need to do this because if they actually played. You know, if they if they saw these statistics and they actually hopped in the game and played with like the Soros and these other weapons, I think it's kind of easy to see what you need to do with it. And think about another thing about the Soros is yes, the Soros was powerful, but there was a trade-off. Like the Soros was powerful and it got more powerful as the clip was running out. But in order for that to be effective, you actually had to hit your opponents. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you when you were aiming, the Soros fired slower. So it took I think it took uh, to completely kill somebody. Before you get to the halfway mark, I think it took like 
four, about four to five bullets. I think about five, about five hits it would take to kill somebody. So you'd actually have to be able to hold, you know, target, keep the target acquired, and and shoot it and shoot them for five sorrow shots. Then once you hit the halfway mark, it only took three bullets to kill somebody. But now your, you know, your clip is, you know, you only have half a clip, which means, you know, if you're missing, you're gonna have to reload a lot faster. Like there's a trade-off, you know. But what you see on the other side, if you're on the other side of that equation, especially if you don't have a Soros, you're just like, oh, the Soros is just too powerful. You don't see the fact that the person actually has to be hitting you with the Soros in order for it to matter. You know? And it's, uh, you're right, I think it was definitely an overreaction. Mm-hmm. And now nobody uses the Soros. And what's going to mm-hmm. happen? You know, they're going to balance it again and, you know, rifle, you know, um, uh, assault rifles will be back. And then the Soros is going to be back, and then people are going to complain again, playing again. And eventually, it's going to get nerfed, just like the Mythical class. Like I don't see people using the Mythical class right now. I think it got nerfed again. Then again, I actually haven't been playing all that much either, so I could be wrong. <laughs> so I don't know, Bungie. They're just they're they're bad at balancing. <laughs> I don't understand. How do you go from making Halo to this, and you can't balance a fucking gun? First-person shooters is what you do. You can't balance damn weapons. You know, maybe they shouldn't have so many different guns in the game. Because in, in games like this, people just wind up using the same guns anyway. You know, same thing with WoW. You know, WoW has all these different weapons, these staffs, most of them trash and garbage. You know, people use the same we- like people who are doing raids are using the same weapons, the same armor. Why even bother making all that crap? Like, make more meaningful stuff. Make less crap, make less weapons, but the one, then the ones that you can either use are just more meaningful. Right. Which, that, that, that kind of sums up wh- how I've been feeling about the House of Wolves weapons. I mean, it's cool that you can reforge, and that's all fine, but when it makes doing stuff seem kind of useless, because you're just going to get... An exo- a, a weapon that you can reforge once, twice, three times and, and get the perfect roll on it. It makes it kind of useless in, in doing whatever you need to do to get that weapon. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it was the house below... Oh, not the house below. The, uh, the house of wolves uh, expansion. It, it A lot of the guns do feel completely worthless. Like, I, I have... Uh, almost when I get a House of Wolves we- weapon, I it's like it's not too long before I dismantle it, unless it's something really good. Mm-hmm. And at first, I, I was kind of worrying about it, like I don't know, maybe this weapon will turn out to be great. And I'm like, nope, trash it, because like I'm, I was more excited about getting my uh, Vision of Confluence updated than I was for anything in House of Wolves. Yeah, Vision of Confluence is such a good gun. It is. It is. You know, it was actually a gun that I really didn't use. Until now, because of uh, President Elders. <sighs> See, uh, once again, complaining. This is all I do yeah. here. <laughs> you do such a good job at it. Oh well, thank you. I'm glad somebody uh, appreciates it. I don't. I don't have any Nick style rants though. Like Nick took the cake. He he, he wins this time. He, well, he won this month. Well, he get two. He gets two chances a month to do his ranting. So. Did you want me to organize a big rant for next time? I can no, do that. No, it has to be natural. It's got to be natural. Bungie will do something on their own, I'm sure. 
you don't need to set it up, you know? They'll yeah. do something or they won't do something that they should be doing. Right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I'm sure Bungie I'm sure Bungie will give me some ammo for next time. We'll see. Yeah, but I think that can uh I think it's gonna wrap us up. What do you think? I think we're good. Think we're good? Okay. Alright, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode of In Orbit. Uh in orbit it's, it's the second week of every month. I'm trying to lock down a day for that week. We're gonna we're gonna get around to that, but it's the second week of every month. Uh, you can also catch uh, WoW Talk if you're into World of Warcraft. That is uh, bi-weekly. Uh, we, ha- we have World of Warcraft. Oh, oh sorry, WoW Talk. Uh, the first, we- the first uh, week of every month, we have Double Tap, which our, uh, that's our podcast dedicated to the fighting game community. Uh, MASHCAST is weekly. Uh, this month we're going to have a special edition, but the MASHCAST is back starting uh, the beginning of August, the first week of August, which is... Uh, MASHCast is going to be, the first MASHCast is going to be August 3rd. Sorry, a new season of MASHCast, so that's going to be back officially. Uh, you, for this show, you can catch us, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways you can, you can catch, uh, in orbit. Uh, we are on, uh, iTunes, mm-hmm. so you can catch us on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio mm-hmm. for your Android and iOS devices. Hi, Android. Yeah, and uh, uh, we are on SoundCloud. Uh, let's see. Yeah we're, on, yeah, we're on SoundCloud. What else are we on? Ah, we are on Player.fm, which I believe you can get that. Uh, that's, that's a web browser, but you can also get that on um, iTunes or Android. And there's Pocket Cast, which I think is primarily Android. So you, you can catch in over on Pocket Cast as well. There's also, we have uh, an RSS feed for those of you who you know, uh, want to go off the reservation a little bit and use whatever tool you want to use besides the ones I mentioned. So that is another way for you, uh, to get a hold of, uh, you know, in orbit monthly. Uh, we are on facebook.com, which is facebook.com slash mash those buttons. We are on, uh, twitter.com, which is twitter.com slash MTB site. And we are on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash mash those buttons. So there's tons of way to get, you know, your in orbit and other your know, your other mash those buttons needs because we know we know you want it. I know so, you need me, baby. Yeah. Tell me how much you need me. Yeah, so uh as always, thank you for listening and feel free to comment and uh you know, discuss what we've been talking about cuz you know we're right and we just need you to confirm that we're right. Right you guys. Need that comment. Oh, Varys, where did you come from? What a surprise. I was tending my rutabagas, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Seriously, thank you a lot for listening, and we will catch you guys next month. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Say bye, John. Jesus. Oh, sorry. I didn't know each person had to say goodbye. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> say bye alright uh, bye god <laughs> alright later bye. see ya